finally come to uh, the end of Paul's letter to the Colossians. And um, if you heard that now, uh, you might feel like uh, it's just Paul saying over and out, goodbye. Uh, But it's actually been a real treat to um, dig into this a bit more this week. And I hope you'll find that as we go through it. But first off, uh, let's not forget where we've come from in Colossians. Uh, it might be quite hard to kind of remember back uh, if you've been here over the past uh, couple of months or however, however long it is. Um, but what are some of the big themes that have come out uh, in Colossians? I think the biggest one is this. Uh, Paul has shown the Colossians that Jesus is everything. Uh, Jesus is supreme. That's what we call the series. Uh, so Paul writes... Um, In Colossians 1 verse 14, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our sins. Uh, 1 verse 17, he is before all things, and in him, in Jesus, all things hold together. Uh, In Jesus, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And he writes, God made you alive together with Jesus. Jesus is everything. Uh, We have everything we need in Jesus. Uh, Everything is impacted by him, uh, and therefore everyone needs to know about him. Uh, These are uh, deep theological truths. They're sort of cosmic scale (laughs) truths. And yet, they are personal and relational. Uh, And here in the final part of Paul's letter, a reminded that uh, Christianity isn't just um, about head knowledge uh, and knowing these massive truths. Uh, knowing doctrines or, or certain beliefs, uh, although, those, although those things are important. Uh, Christianity is about God's kingdom. Uh, it's about Christ and his people. Uh, in Jesus, God is reconciling people to himself. He's bringing them back into relationship. That was a close one. Um, and um, God is uh, bringing people to himself. He cares about people Uh, He cares about individuals, uh, and he cares about you and me. And in this final part of the letter, uh, we see Paul's great heart for God's people. Uh, People matter. Now, let's not forget uh, where Paul is. Uh, It's there in verse 18. Do you see he writes, remember my chains. Uh, Paul's in prison. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen one of those um, prison documentaries uh, about real-life prison. Uh, There's even one at the moment that's like a reality TV series where people go into this sort of super real fake prison uh, and you see how they get on. But uh, all of them show that prison is pretty grim, isn't it? And doing time in prison in first-century Rome uh, would probably have been even more grim. And yet, do you see how little Paul's focus is on himself uh, and how much of a heart he has for the Colossians in this letter and those around him? Now, have a look at the the first couple of verses we looked at, verses 7 and 8. Paul writes this, Tychicus will tell you all about my activities, Uh, as in, uh, he'll fill you in about what's going on with me. Um, uh, I don't really need to mention it here. He is a beloved brother and faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. Can you imagine that being your priority in prison? 
uh, Paul not only uh, knows and names uh, individuals in this last bit, uh, but he, he cares deeply for them. Uh, Tychicus is described as a, a beloved brother. Uh, and even though Paul is in prison, uh, he doesn't grasp onto the folks who are, who are around him, who are looking after him. Uh, he shows his concern for the Colossians by, by sending uh, some of his best folks back to them with his letter. Uh, he sends greetings to people he knows, uh, and he asks them to greet others. Uh, and his purpose in all this uh, is there in verse 8. It is to encourage their hearts. Uh, he has such a great pastoral concern for the church and the people within it. And now it might be easy to think that maybe Paul's just having a good day. Uh, maybe things are looking a bit more positive in prison that day. And so he's just in a, in a sort of frame of mind where he can look outwards a bit more and look for others. Uh, but it's interesting that he writes almost the exact same thing uh, in his letter to the Ephesians as well. Uh, he actually sends uh, Tychicus over to them as well. Uh, and he writes to them that he wants Tychicus to encourage their hearts. Now, this is not just Paul on a good day. Uh, this is what Paul is like as he seeks to faithfully follow Christ. I wonder if you've ever heard people say, uh, or maybe you've ever been tempted to think it yourself, uh, I really like Jesus, uh, but I'm not, not really that bothered about the church. I could kind of do without that. Uh, but the Bible tells us that um, we can't do Christianity on our own. Uh, the Bible tells us that the church is the bride of Christ. Uh, Jesus loves his people so much that he gave his very life for them. Uh, and to reject God's people uh, is a bit like saying, uh, well, Ben, I, I really like you, but I really don't want to spend any time with your wife. And anyone who knows Sophie knows that's a big mistake. It's probably better the other way around. <laughs> But Jesus loves the church, and he wants us to love the church as well. Christianity is about beliefs, uh, but it's also personal and relational. Uh, Christian faith is not just about knowing things. And I'm not sure whether I should admit to this, but uh, as a bit of a joke uh, I share with someone on our staff team where we say, ministry would just be so much easier without people. People are messy and difficult and unpredictable, aren't they? Uh, they've got hurts and hang-ups, uh, as we all do. But like Paul, we are to care deeply for our brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, are we connected to the, the struggles uh, and the joys uh, of people within our church family? Uh, we're to put others first. Uh, and that means we need to actually get close to people. Uh, a good way of doing that is to join a small group uh, in the church if you're not in one already. Uh, how are we seeking to encourage the hearts uh, of our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ? Is that our attitude as we come along to church on a Sunday night? Is it our attitude as we meet with brothers and sisters during the week uh, or in our small groups? But let's also note here that Paul isn't doing this on his own, is he? Uh, it's not just down to him or just down to us. Uh, Paul shows us in this passage that ministry is a team game. Uh, Paul shares his ministry, doesn't he? Uh, now, of course, it's not a sport. 
Uh, it's far more important than football, dare I say it. Uh, but you get my point. Uh, it's fantastic just looking at the list of people that, that Paul is working with here. Uh, do you see how many there are? Uh, Paul mentions Onesimus, Tychicus, Aristarchus, Mark, uh, Justus, Epaphras, Luke, Damas. Uh, and he asks for greetings to be given to many others. I don't know whether you ever uh, fall into that um, way of thinking. Uh, It's easy to think that maybe Paul was a bit like some sort of lone ranger wandering around the Wild West uh, with his shotgun and his cowboy hat, um, sort of uh, uh, never really getting to know anybody, hardened and self-reliant, telling people the truth, uh, and then moving on. But we see here that nothing could be further from the truth, could it? Uh, Paul shares his ministry, And his support and care for the team is so clear here, isn't it? Uh, Just before this passage, in verse 2 of the chapter, uh, Paul has reminded the Colossians that in the challenges of trying to live for Christ, uh, we must not be self-reliant. He tells them that they are to pray. Uh, They are to rely on the Lord. Uh, It is his work. And here in this passage, uh, we're reminded not to be self-reliant in a different way. Uh, We need to work together uh, with our brothers and sisters in Christ. So what do we find out here about Paul's actual team? Uh, I don't know whether you saw the Newcastle game last night, but Newcastle's starting 11 has been a bit depleted, hasn't it? Uh, Loads of injuries. Uh, Thankfully, we're still winning a few games. Um, But uh, what's Paul's starting 11 like, Uh, or or nine here to be precise? Uh, Let's get to know them a bit. Uh, There's Tychicus. I don't know why, but I kind of imagine him as quite small. But uh, I don't don't think that's actually true. Uh, But we know from the book of Acts uh, that he's from Asia. um, And he's become a Christian and he's joined Paul's team. Uh, And he actually carries various of Paul's letters to different churches. Then there's Onesimus. Uh, From an earthly perspective, uh, we know that he's a slave. Uh, You can read about him in the book of Philemon. Uh, But to Paul, he is our faithful and beloved brother. Uh, He's described in uh, the same way as Tychicus. Uh, Paul sees no difference in status. There are three Jews in the team, uh, Aristarchus, Mark, and Justus. Uh, And Paul tells us in verse 11 that uh, these are the only men of the circumcision among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God, and they have been a comfort to me. Uh, So these three are the only uh, ethnic Jews, uh, like Paul, uh, who are gifted uh, to be co-workers with him. Uh, And we know that he has a a great heart for his fellow Jews. Uh, He wants them to come to know the Messiah for themselves. Uh, And so having some of his fellow Jews working with him is a great comfort to him. Uh, Then there's uh, Aristarchus. Uh, He's a fellow prisoner uh, with Paul. Uh, He's in chains like Paul. Uh, And we know from elsewhere that he is um, from Greece, uh, from Thessalonica. Uh, And he's traveled with Paul on various of his journeys uh, around the place. Then there's Mark, Uh, he's the cousin of Barnabas, uh, who we came across uh, earlier in the letter. Uh, And there's an interesting backstory with Mark. Uh, In Acts, we read that um, there was a disagreement uh, between Paul and Barnabas uh, about Mark, uh, because apparently Mark had deserted them for a bit. 
and so Paul decides to uh, head off with someone else. Uh, but it's clear here that the rift has healed, hasn't it? Uh, things have been forgiven, uh, and they're carrying on uh, in ministry together. Uh, and Paul tells the church to, to welcome Mark. Uh, he doesn't want any past disagreements to, uh, to taint their welcome. He wants um, Mark warmly welcomed by the church there if he comes. Uh, Paul forgives and he encourages. Uh, and many people think that this is the, the same Mark who wrote Mark's gospel. Uh, we're also told that Justice sends his greetings. Um, afraid we don't know any more about him. Uh, and then there are three Gentiles, uh, non-Jews. Uh, there's Epaphras. Uh, if you're, uh, you've got a good memory, you'll remember that we heard about him in chapter one. Uh, he was the guy who first brought the gospel to the Colossians. Uh, like Onesimus, he's one of you. He is a Colossian himself. Uh, and um, he's been a faithful minister amongst them. Uh, and Paul wants them to know that in his absence, uh, even though he hasn't gone with them to take the letter, uh, he is still devoted to them. He cares about them. Uh, we're told that he is always struggling on your behalf in his prayers, uh, that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. Uh, he cares deeply for the Colossians and for their spiritual growth. Uh, he's struggling, uh, wrestling on their behalf in prayer, uh, even though he can't be with them in person. We're also told that he has worked hard for the Colossians uh, and for those in Laodicea and Hierapolis. Uh, he has a heart for the, the whole area around there. So that's Epaphras. Uh, and then there's Luke. In verse 14, uh, we're told uh, that Luke, the beloved physician, uh, also greets the Colossians. Uh, he's a doctor. Uh, he's Paul's traveling companion on various of his missionary journeys. Uh, and he's also the author of Luke's gospel and the book of Acts. Uh, and so it seems that Paul traveled with two of the gospel writers. Uh, so there's no wedge between the gospels and Paul's writings, uh, as sometimes people try to make out. Uh, and whilst we're on that sort of topic, uh, we see here that Paul uh, says that he wants his letters distributed around uh, a number of churches around there. Uh, and it shows us that Paul saw uh, his letters as having wider significance uh, than just for the uh, specific church that he was writing to. Uh, we know that the Jews read scripture aloud in the synagogue, uh, and Paul asked for his letter to be read aloud in the churches. It has authority. Uh, his letters are not just for the Colossians, they're also for the Laodiceans, uh, and they're also for us today. Then lastly, uh, there's Damas. Uh, it seems that at this point he's a faithful part of the team, uh, but we read elsewhere that um, uh, he, uh, he deserts Paul, sadly, uh, and uh, leaves um, uh, yeah, uh, and heads off. Uh, and it's a reminder that even Paul uh, wasn't immune to discouragements, uh, and uh, some sadly will turn away, uh, but we're to keep going and keep persevering. Uh, but don't you find it fascinating to get to know Paul's team? Uh, I wonder whether you kind of imagined Paul like that, Paul's team like that. Uh, I've really enjoyed uh, getting to know the team uh, this week. Uh, this clearly isn't some sort of team of overpaid football superstars, is it? Uh, there's a slave, 
Uh, there's people in prison, there's Jews, there's Gentiles, uh, there's folks from different countries, from Greece, from Asia. Uh, such a diverse group. Uh, earlier in the letter, uh, back in chapter 3, you might remember uh, that Paul wrote, uh, Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave-free, but Christ is all and in all. Uh, and I love that that isn't just uh, a theoretical thing. That's maybe how I've imagined it before. Uh, he's almost speaking literally, isn't he? Here, there are all these people. Uh, his team reflects this. Uh, Paul practiced what he preached. The gospel unites and it creates a new community of people of all different ages and cultures and backgrounds. And it is a wonderful thing. You might notice the lack of uh, women in the team. Uh, but if we look across Paul's letters, uh, it's clear that women uh, were integral in the ministry across the churches. Uh, in verse 15, Paul asked them to greet Nympha, a, a lady who was hosting a, a church in her house. Uh, and he also talks elf- elsewhere of uh, Lydia and Phoebe and Priscilla and, uh, and many others. Uh, but back to Paul's team, it's a great picture, isn't it? Um, such a different group of people, all united by the gospel. Uh, And note how much Paul clearly uh, notices what everybody is doing uh, and supports and encourages them in their ministry. I love how diverse our church family is here. Uh, I hope you do too. Uh, But I'd love it to reflect gospel diversity even more. Uh, Sometimes it takes effort, doesn't it, to get alongside people who are different to us, uh, whoever we are. Um, But it's worth the effort. Uh, And that is what we're called to do uh, as we share in ministry together. Uh, Gospel ministry binds us together, uh, even across our differences. And uh, as we do that, uh, it's such a witness in itself. uh, As people walk in and and see this group of uh, crazily different people uh, working together and loving one another, uh, it's a great witness. but we mustn't lose sight of what the goal is uh, because um, uh, here's what we see. Uh, Paul longs for them uh, to be faithful servants maturing Christ. Uh, that is so clearly his single-minded goal, isn't it, in this letter? Uh, There's a bit of a, a joke in our office that um, I can be very good on uh, focusing on the task in hand. So um, the the buzzer can be going, uh, people can be chatting in the office. Uh, The office could be burning down, uh, and I won't even notice if I'm I'm focused on a task. Uh, It's good because I don't need to buy noise-canceling headphones. It's just automatic uh, when I'm focused on something. Uh, But Paul's single-mindedness isn't just his character. Uh, It's because he, he knows that Jesus is everything. Uh, as we've seen throughout this letter. Uh, Remember that uh, Paul is in prison. Uh, And if you're in prison, uh, what would you be highlighting at the end of your letter? What what do you think you'd be asking people for? Uh, I'm sure you'd be uh, asking that they'd help you get out as soon as possible, Uh, asking them to pray that you get out, Uh, maybe asking them to bring you things that you need. Uh, But amazingly, uh, in, in verse three of this chapter, Paul asked for them to pray that God would open a door for the gospel 
Uh, that is his single-minded priority. Uh, he wants to declare Christ because he is everything. And he longs for people to become faithful, mature followers of Christ. In some ways, um, Epaphras' prayer uh, kind of sums up the whole letter, doesn't it? Uh, did, you, did you see what Epaphras prayed in verse 12? Uh, he prays that the Colossians will stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. Uh, back in chapter 2, Paul wrote to the Colossians, Therefore... As you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught. Uh, it's quite a long time ago now, but do you remember uh, that image of the tree that we had, uh, rooted in Christ, um, growing in him, and not being moved? Paul wants the Colossians to know his sincere, genuine uh, care and concern for them. Uh, uh, so that when he calls them to root themselves in Christ, they know that uh, he's asking them to do it because he cares about them and he wants the best for them. And he doesn't want them to be swayed by others from what's best for them. Uh, he calls them to listen not only because of his apostolic authority, uh, but because he loves them. Maybe uh, you need to hear that encouragement to put your roots down in Christ, to, to build your life on him uh, for the first time this evening. Uh, and please hear that um, it comes from a place of care and concern. Uh, like Paul, uh, it's because uh, we care, we want the best for you. Uh, or maybe you've been a Christian for a while and uh, you just need the encouragement to, to keep investing in people. Uh, and I think Paul would want to encourage our hearts uh, and say, yes, sometimes it can be hard work. Uh, sometimes it can be discouraging. Sometimes it brings heartache uh, as we share in the burden of others. Uh, but keep going. Uh, I was struck by that uh, as I was chatting to our mission partner, Elspeth Gray, this week, uh, she's got some really difficult things she's dealing with with uh, mission partners over in North Africa. Uh, uh, yeah, real big health issues in the team. Uh, and it weighs on her heart. Uh, but I'm sure as you, as you look around uh, now, uh, uh, as you look back maybe uh, in past years, uh, I'm sure you can name people who are on your spiritual team, so to speak. Uh, or folks who uh, helped you in your walk with Jesus or encouraged you, uh, people who were part of your journey of faith. Uh, maybe it's the people who told you the gospel for the first time. Uh, maybe it's people you served alongside in ministry, uh, working hard together. Uh, or maybe it's people in your midweek group. Uh, maybe it's folks who walked with you in a difficult season or who were faithful in um, praying for you. And aren't you thankful for him? Aren't you thankful for that team? Aren't you so glad that they invested in you and joined in ministry together with you? Maybe their names are etched on your mind. So let's keep getting stuck in with the joys and the messiness of people for their sake and for the sake of the Lord Jesus. Let's keep encouraging one another's hearts. Uh, let's keep going. 
Uh, Paul opens his letter to the Colossians by saying, grace to you. Uh, And he finishes it uh, in the same way. His final words are, grace be with you. Uh, And it's only as we look at uh, God's incredible grace towards us in Christ Jesus uh, that we can believe uh, and put into practice uh, what Paul has taught us uh, throughout this letter of Colossians. The Lord Jesus uh, cared for people so much that he was willing to to come down and enter into the messiness and the brokenness of this world. Uh, And ultimately, he took that on himself at the cross uh, because he loved people and so that we could become his people. Uh, And he says to us uh, as we finish, uh, as I have loved you, so you uh, must have love for one another. Let's pray that that would be true of us uh, as a church family. Father God, uh, we thank you so much for your words. Thank you for what you've been teaching us through this book of Colossians. Uh, We pray that you'd help us to put it into practice. Uh, We pray you'd help us to look to the Lord Jesus and to see his love for us uh, and to put into practice all that we've been taught. Uh, We pray that we would be living out these things amongst us. Uh, We pray that um, we would be loving one another in such a way that it points people to you. Uh, And we pray that we might encourage one another's hearts so that we grow to know the Lord Jesus better. We pray this in his name. Amen.